0: The Cinema Judge! Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regular judge heads out there, welcome back. Now, if you're new to the show, let me give you a brief description of what we're about. First of all, ladies and gentlemen, we love movies and we like to share movies with you. We're not gonna sit here and cry about Hollywood, rip actors, we're gonna leave that to the professionals. We consider this a movie oasis, a place where you could come in here and listen to one movie, all the information, hear interviews, clips from the movie, interviews from the red carpet, and you make up your own mind. I'm not going to tell you what to think because we've all walked different paths. Because in my mind, it's simple as this. Any movie is somebody's favorite movie. Because we all want to spend our hard-earned money wisely. Because we all want the same thing, an enjoyable movie experience. Now, approaching the bench today, we have the movie called Plane. It stars Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter. But here's the plot. A pilot has to land a plane in an emergency due to weather. But on that plane is a, a prisoner being transferred. And that prisoner is Mike Coulter. And his character, he has a little bit more of a mysterious background. Some special forces experience that comes into major play in this movie. And just one side note before I play the trailer here, this is one of those other movies where Gerard Butler doesn't play like the action hero superstar guy. He's just a pilot, and I don't mean just a pilot by meaning they're just pilots. Or you know, you know what I'm saying? He's not the special forces guy who saves the world. He's just a guy, and Gerard Butler can do that so well when he wants to, and it's great to see that that he's not so stuck on that like some people get into that zone where they have to be that action hero, that's not what Gerard Butler is about. He just wants, the best, wants to make the best movie he possibly can. And sometimes playing that role where he isn't a hero is makes the movie even better. So here's a trailer for Plane. Captain Torrance, Flight Commander. How can I help you? Fugitive extradition.
1: Oh, is he dangerous? What did he do? Homicide, 15 years ago. I don't want to scare the rest of the passengers. I'm afraid you're stuck with us, Captain. Get him on board. Let's have a good flight. We're cutting right through the top of the storm. Listen, keep everybody in their seats. No exceptions, all right? Getting everyone to have their seatbelts Purely Mayday, mayday, mayday. Blue Blazer 119. We are dark. Anyone near guard, damn it. We're gonna hit. We're gonna hit. We're done somewhere in the Jolo Island cluster. It's run by separatists and militias. The Filipino army won't even go there anymore. The clock is ticking. Every minute matters. We can count those minutes in lives, lost or saved.
2: back! it back We don't know who it is. We don't know who it is. Get back.
1: Listen carefully. This is an emergency. I'm Captain Brody Torrance. I like this guy Name, country Maxwell Carvel, England Name. country I better go after them My passengers, my responsibility I'm gonna need your help You're gonna need this the Former military or something? You could say that Then why'd they lock you up? No one cares what really
3: happened but they say redemption can be found in the most unusual places.
1: If you do this, you'll probably never see your family again. What about their families? I have a daughter, and I have every intention of making a home. Ah! They're going to come at us with everything they've got.
3: We're getting off this island.
0: That was a trailer for plane and as you could tell there's a lot of action going on he has to land the plane there's drug dealers everywhere and they have to go out on the run he has to try to save the passengers and it's just a wild run in the wilderness and a side note here you'll hear this later on too it's cool about these kind of movies they shoot them on set they were actually out there in the forest sweating just bearing it all and i really kind of like that because sometimes we get tired of all the green screening but this one on the set, and I think that has a large part to do with Gerard Butler being a producer on this film. Now, to know a little bit more about this film, first we're going to hear from Lily Krug. She's also been in Shattered and Zero Contact, just to name a couple of things you might know her from. Then immediately after her, we're going to hear from Daniela Pinetta, And now she's been in probably stuff you definitely know too. Jurassic World Dominion, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, The Vampire Diaries... Tales of the Walking Dead, in a TV show, Home Economics. And I love Home Economics. If you ever have a chance to see that TV show, I find it incredibly funny, but not important right now. So first, Lily Clug, and then Daniela, talking about what this movie's about.
4: It's New Year's Eve, and we all, we're on a flight, and we get into the storm. And the pilot loses connection to... every single cell tower and that he has no idea where we are. And we have to land on an island that is one of the most dangerous places on earth. And then the story unfolds from there. And there are a lot of challenges we have to face and how our pilot tries to guide us through all of those.
5: The plan is about a commercial airline that crash lands an island in the Philippines and George Butler, the pilot of this commercial airline, needs to figure out how he's going to get his passengers safely off the island before they all get killed by a bunch of pirates.
0: There you go. See, they summed it up really well. Up next, we have Mike Coulter. Now, this guy is great. I love his work. I like everything he does. Now, you might know him from 2016 to 2018. He played Luke Cage. And I... Just so enjoyed what he did with that character. He was every man, just a guy who was trying to work. And he played a superhero, but he didn't... Those those characters that they had back then in the early days of Netflix before they all got cut and then went to Disney+, Plus, those characters were so raw. And he just embodied that character so well. If you ever have a chance to check out Luke Cage that he was in, do yourself a favor and check it out. He's also in Men in Black 3, Extinction... And what you might know him from right now is the TV show Evil. But here he is talking about when he first read the script, and then he talks a little bit more about the story.
3: All action films aren't the same, or at least they shouldn't be. And this felt like it had a heart to it. And I read it, and I really thought that um, it's going to depend a lot on the chemistry between the two characters of Torrance and Gaspar. So, um, and I I know Jerry's work um, as an actor, and I thought it would be a great opportunity to sort of come up with something that could actually be... Um, very fun project and very fun movie. I play Gaspar, who is a a guy who's being extradited from, um, from extradited to Canada, and he's coming on the plane, and and you know, they, no one knows what he did. Per se, it's said that he did something that he killed someone. That's, that's what he's been accused of. Uh, the character is basically being brought in a stand trial for something he did many years ago. So he's a very mysterious character. And it, essentially, he's supposed to be brought to stand trial. And him being dangerous, he sits at the back of the plane away from the other passengers and handcuffs, on, um, but very discreet. He's not wearing anything. He's not in, um, prison garb or anything like that, and there's a person assigned to him to make sure he stays uh, stays out of the way. And of course, when the plane crashes, then they have a problem on their hands because the security guy died in the plane crash and my guy survived. So now they have something to deal with.
0: Like I said before, Mike Coulter is the man, and the more he just does stuff like this, the more he's gonna get recognized. And I just can't wait to see see him do more and more and more. And if you want, like I said, if you want to watch him on a TV show called Evil. As on Paramount Plus. The guy is all talent. Jean Francois, the director, is up next. And you might know him best from the 2016 film Blood Father, starring Mel Gibson. In this interview, he talks about Gerard Butler and the character being, like I said earlier, every man. And Gerard Butler could just, he nails these kind of roles. Because a lot of times you don't expect him to, or you think, oh no, he's always gonna be that tough guy. He nails this, and he's just, Perfect for this role. And he talks about working with him, and that's what he wanted. He wanted that kind of character. And immediately after that, we're going to hear from Mike Coulter again. And he also talks about working with Gerard Butler. And he talks about how those characters being different and just how they work together and how that really moves the story along. It's not just two bad dudes, you know, taking on all these drug dealers, it's two guys who are totally different, but working together for
6: one goal. It's like a classical action movie, and uh, f- the important thing was uh, the characters driving the action. So we really cares about characters, because for me, Jerry, it's like it's like you know a real how we, uh, working class heroes. When you when we when we see his movie, you suffer with him. You know, so and I like working class hero. I,
3: I I thought it was a great opportunity to play, uh, to get a chance to work with um, Jerry. I, I think you know he's been around doing these kind of films or films of this nature. For a while, he's always had a, you know, a, a good knack for comedy, uh, uh, romance and things of that nature. But this action genre for him is really a sweet spot. And I think having him play the captain and playing a guy I don't think he's played before, someone who's in, ter- in a sense um, outmatched. In the film um in over his head someone who didn't expect this to happen you know most of his characters are meeting danger head on and and very uh, prepared for it in this case he wasn't uh, and 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 so that's where my character comes in um a reluctant guy who does have a certain arsenal set of a certain set of skills as they say but reluctant to use them because he's more selfish he's trying to you know look out for himself and so this is where the two things sort of work out in terms of his motivation, um, Jerry's motivation, his character to help this, his crew and his cabin of passengers, and my sort of reluctant nature, but finding connection with his character and his passion for wanting to save these people, and and, and that sort of bond sort of happens quickly, and, and it sort of develops throughout the film.
0: And you just heard Mike Coulter and the director talk about working with Jared Butler. And in that same vein, we're going to hear from producer Mark Bhutan, and he goes really more in depth about this about working on a set with him and just how organized he is and how his positive attitude just seeps down to everybody on the set because that set was very humid and just uncomfortable i just i just love hearing these kind of interviews from people like the pr- other producers talking about their experiences of working with a star because we all know sometimes not everybody but sometimes when you have people on set who are a big star, you know they want their trailer, all air conditioning you know they they get a little bit pampered compared to everybody else, but just hearing this guy talk about Butler right there in the trenches with everybody else
2: Jerry on said it is it's a lot of fun it's constant you know this there's moments this most of this movie is very very serious it's heavy, uh and he does that stuff incredibly well uh but like they'll say cut and then a joke comes out and it like lightens the mood uh immediately and the you know, the the funny one liner and the funny quip um which is great because it is like it's the the subject matter is fairly heavy at times. And so there's a lot of, you know, the 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 takes are serious. Um, And then also physically, it's been a tough set because we're out and it's hot outside. It's you know, it's you know, the heat index is well over 100 most days. It's incredibly humid. And with the exception of these two weeks that we're sitting in these rooms here, uh, we're outdoors. And so it's been it's been a rough set. So having Jerry's, you know, levity has been good. He takes his work. And what he's doing, and the level of detail, incredibly seriously. And um, you know, I've, I've worked on other films with actors, uh, but I've never seen anyone at this level of of detail, which 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 is great, because I think that it bleeds to the rest of the crew or the rest of the cast on the movie, uh, where they you know they follow Jerry's example and like you know. Jerry wants to make sure that when he's flying a plane as he's somebody's on a pilot like you know do his hands go here on, on the the yoke or do they go down here or whatever which button does he push uh how how would he hold the gun how would he do this and it's 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 uh the ability to keep up that with that cuz it's like whether we're at hour 1 of the shoot day or ever hour 12 of the shoot day he's able to keep that intensity going while keeping the humor going at the same time which is you know, a balance that I couldn't manage, so it's it's been pleasant.
0: Now, speaking of on the set stuff, most of you know I have a TV version of this podcast where you can watch it whenever you want on on demand. If you want to, I have a separate episode completely from this. I mean, this is on demand also, but I have a whole on the set episode of plane and it's you can just watch them on the set doing their stuff all outside, and at the end of the show. I'll give you that webpage in case you want to watch the the on-the-set making of and or this or any other episode. But up next, we have a clip from this movie. In this clip, Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter drive up in a Jeep. And they're talking, and they want to try to get all these passengers back. And it's just that little subtle conversation that really sets their positions of Mike Coulter's character having military background, and Gerard Butler not not having all that and he's just seeking his help so they drive it drive up to the the shot and they just have a conversation of well i would like to have your help here's that clip from plane
1: Billy, just two kilometers in that direction no you can't just ask for them back yeah well you're the military man i was hoping you'd have some ideas Thank you for helping. The
3: priest in the Legion used to say redemption can only
1: be found in the most unusual places. Well, wow, it certainly qualifies.
0: One thing that really sets this kind of movie apart too from most other regular action movies... Is it's authentic in characters, meaning the people on this flight aren't just one type of people. There's all kinds of people from all over the world. And that's what's kind of important because if the plane's taking off from the Philippines and going the state of China, it's not gonna be just a bunch of Americans on that plane. In talking about that, we're gonna hear from first the director and then Yashan Ann, who you might have known from Mulan in 2020. He talks about that, along with Danielle Pinetta, talking about this. This kind of movie has people from all over the world, from all walks of
6: life. This is kind of cool. My goal is to be realistic. It's a movie, but to be realistic. So, uh, the plane uh, start in Shanghai. Why all the passengers will be American? No sense. You are so. You have uh, English, Korean, uh, uh, Chinese, uh, uh, Swedish. You have you have all the nationality. You know because this movie is not just for the. It's not just for the American market. It's for everybody. Well, you know I I I believe it's important for
7: films, TV's, films to have an accurate. Reflection and representation of our day to day lives because it, it plants seeds into audience of conscious when they watch this because media has such a powerful impact in our lives. And the thing with Lane, you know, we, we do exactly that. We strive to do that. Um, with Trailblazer 119 taking off from Changi Airport, you're going to have a diverse, you know, you're going to have a diverse group of people on board of the flight. And our passengers and our crew members reflect exactly that.
5: Every character in, you know, that's written in plane could be anybody. Well, back in the day, anybody was just white people. And I think it was really important for Jerry and producers to reflect life. Also, this is a flight coming from Asia back to the United States. So, you know, Bonnie uh, in particular, you know, Bonnie's just a head flight attendant well, now Bonnie's me and that goes for the rest of the passengers. And I think that that was, you know, I know that was really important and it was also really important to, you know, hire a lot of locals. So, you know, you have a lot of Latino actors in this cast, which is wonderful. Um, and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, um, it's a more accurate reflection of life. And I think that, you know, that was a goal for Jerry.
0: Now playing a bad guy must be kind of a challenge, but also so exciting for an actor. And oftentimes, let's just say if somebody's playing a really bad person, you wonder, as an actor, how do you rationalize that character? How do you wrap your head around their actions? In this next interview, we're going to hear from Evan Dane Taylor. He's an actor. He's been in a lot of you know smaller roles. But a lot of time, mostly he's been used as a stunt coordinator and fight coordinator, stuff like that. But in this movie he plays one of the terrorists, or one of the pirates, I should say. And I love how he talks about this. Of, Let's just say, you really need to take care of your family. And you'll do whatever it takes to do that. And if it means doing these acts of bad things, you'll do it. Because in an interview he talks about, all his people around him, all his family, might be getting shot at and killed by all these other people. So what is he going to do? He's going to defend them. And I just love that. Getting in the head of an actor. How do they rationalize that character of what would I do if I had to take care of my family in a desperate situation now if you don't know who Evan Dane Taylor is he was he did a fight coordinating for the Punisher but he also played a boxer in Daredevil TV series and also a bodyguard in Banshee and real quick I got to share this with you if you love great action fight sequences all that kind of adventure Banshee is a must see TV show Oh, it's violent. Oh, it's bloody. And it's a lot of adult situations. But honestly, it's one of the best, just insanely great TV shows. And also in Banshee is Anthony Starr, who's in The Boys, who plays Homelander. Totally two different characters, but just, it's just insane. Banshee, though, you gotta check that out. But up next, we're gonna hear from Evan Dane Taylor talking about that whole situation of playing a bad guy. And immediately after that, we're gonna play a clip. Now, in this clip, him and a whole bunch of his pirates are holding the passengers captive, and they're trying to get the flight list of all the passengers. And they're asking about the pilot. And while they're doing this, they're cutting back and forth between Jared Butler and Mike Coulter. and they're trying to like listen in on this, try to maybe you know chase them and get them done. But Colt was like, "No, no, no, no! You just just calm down and relax. You can't just go charging in there." What would you do to protect your family? And that's
8: all the guys you get you see in in the movie getting shot. Those are all his family. That's all his family members. So oh, that would definitely get him more angry and just enrage and just want to slaughter everybody and do whatever he can to protect and make money for his family. And if it's by pirating. The ransoming, whatever you have to do to feed those mouths, you're gonna do it. And you know, I have to go some place where the darkest place where I would ever go to support my family, my daughter, my my wife, you know, I would do probably I would do whatever possible.
0: I'm in charge.
1: List. passenger list. Yeah, I'm gonna go in wait, wait, wait.
2: wait, wait,
5: wait. Uh. Passenger list. Captain Brody Torrance.
1: Captain Torrance isn't here. Where is he?
0: Where is he? Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. I'd fold like a deck of cards or fold like a cheap suit. If I was put in that real life situation... I'd be mean, like, I got nothing. I'd be a blubbering fool on the floor. I'm not even going to lie. And up next, we're going to hear from Daniela Pinetta and Lily Krug, and they're going to talk about the ensemble, working with a whole group of people. Because this movie, it needs everybody. It's not just, again, one person or two people. This whole cast makes it one, and you have to work together. And I guess, I mean, think about that. On the set... It's muggy, it's hot, you're outdoors, and you're with these people for an extended period of time. You really have to build those relationships. And this is them talking about that. And immediately after that, we're going to play a clip. Now, in this clip, Gerard Butler is telling all the passengers, we got to get on this plane, and we got to get out of here. And they're all like, whoa, 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 no, let's not do this. So when you're talking about the ensemble here, it kind of ties in because in the scene, which you really can't see, obviously, they're panning the whole the whole cast. They're all there debating the situation. So that's what's going to happen next. Talking about the ensemble, and then the clip of him trying to tell everybody we got to get out of here before they come at us with all guns a
5: You know, I think for me, having such a big ensemble was really special, and I'll tell you why. Because... All the projects I've shot before were during COVID, when you didn't get to socialize, there wasn't testing, things weren't established yet. And by this time, everyone had been running such a tight ship and we're all testing every day. Um, that it was nice to
4: like feel like an actor again. Working with ensemble for so long is one of the things I love about acting because you go to a project, you don't really know anyone and within a week they all kind of become like family and we were a pretty big group. I think in the tent and acting together, we were like always 15 people. And after spending three months together, you get really used to each other. And I have this every time I leave set, you get very sad because you miss seeing those people around every day. Even on our days off, we would do things together, go to the national park, and it just very quickly becomes a very familiar environment where everyone is very interested in getting to know each other. We play games, we talk, we learn from each other, we exchange books, and it became this wonderful community in a way, and then the suffering, even sometimes, or waiting for hours on end, suddenly becomes enjoyable because you get to spend time with these people. So it was definitely a wonderful experience to have this community for such a long time.
1: Now, there is no full rescue team coming anytime soon. Not for the next 24 hours. All right? We can't wait. They're gonna come at us with everything they've got, and we're not gonna survive. Now, Daly and I managed to get the power back up on the plane. We only have one chance, and that is me is out of here in this thing. No way. No Listen, 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 listen! If I didn't believe it could be done, I would not put you guys back on that plane. I have a daughter. And I have every intention of hugging her again and making it home. And I'm telling you that the way home is on this plane. I've got you this far. I just need you to trust me just one more bit, okay? Alright, pre-flight checks.
0: Okay, everybody follow Mr. Kelly. Now Gerard Butler had to wear a lot of hats making this film, from actor to producer, and everybody, from actors to stunt coordinator, had nothing but great things to say. And I'm just gonna let them roll with this here, but I'm just gonna tell you the order that they're coming in. First we're gonna hear from Remy Adelik, who's been in Transformers to last night. In six underground, then Lily Krug, Jim Churchman, the stunt coordinator, Daniela Panetta, in Yosan Ann. To the person, I just love hearing the, the just saying that this guy didn't come in there just lazy and just says, Yes, yeah, work it people, work it. He was hands on and it was just part of the whole group. Let him roll.
9: I found Jerry as team leader to be a great coach. <laughs> you know, and every sports team, you know, you got to have a good coach in order for the team to be successful. And, uh, and he knows when to, he knows when to be light and, and, and joke around and, uh, pop his head in. And, uh, and, but then he also knows when to be firm. And, and, and that's one thing I love about him. I brought my kids on set the other day, uh, um, last week, actually, and he was just so, he was just so sweet with them and so graceful with them. And he did his, uh, his voice from, uh, from the, uh, how to train your dragon, the, the character and he plays with my kids. My kids just lit up, you know. Um, but you know, again, he brings that lightness. He knows when to bring that lightness. He knows when to, you know, to, to bring that grace. And, and, uh, but then he knows when to, hey, it's time to get to work. It's time to get the job done. And I think all of us as actors on the set, from all of the passengers to, to the Mergs to, uh, to even the bad guys, we all respect that about him. And we all enjoy that because we know when we come to the set, we're going to get his best. Uh, and, uh, and because we're going to get his best, we're going to give our best. And that's part of being a good coach. <laughs>
4: So Jared Butler played Torrance, and what I loved about working with him is he's so committed, he's so dedicated. Every day he shows up, and even though it was a really tough shoot, he never really complained at all. He was always prepared, knew his text, knew exactly with what he was going into it, knew everyone's names, was very sweet to everyone on set, and really tried to have a conversation with all of us. And I think his work ethic really inspired all of us to really show up every day and give it our best.
2: To watch him work is impressive just because
7: every take
0: is good. It's like you don't, I've never seen him do a bad take. Um, With the fight, specifically, we had, like I said, the two-minute thing. So there were things that went wrong in the first couple attempts, but they had nothing to do with Gerard. He was 100% on all the time. But beyond the physicality of it, his acting is... I mean, look, that's why he is who he is, uh, because he's obviously good at what he does. But it's something to see it on the screen, but it's something else to witness it in person. So I'm really happy to have gotten to know him a little bit.
5: Uh, Jerry Butler plays Brody Torrance, uh, Gerard Butler, as he's he's known in Hollywood, who is so kind and so sweet and has a really wonderful reputation. So I was really excited just to get to work with him. And he playing Brody Torrance was particularly special because he's not someone as a character who's already seen a bunch of action become the hero. And so I also thought that that's what made this movie uh, different, you know, as opposed to the guy who's already seen a lot, you know? It's like he's someone who has to think on his feet and think in the moment, and what are we going to do? And it it definitely made, uh, it made the shoot, I don't know, just feel raw and realistic. It, it was very apparent, even on the first day, how much... He cares like, yes, he's a producer. Yes, he's the main character, but he cares deeply about things being realistic and people bringing their best. And he, you know, he's got a lot of passion and a lot of monster energy drink running through his veins. And he is a machine. I tell you what. Um, but he he wants it to be good at the end of the day. And he's so committed I mean, he's committed at a 12. So everybody else better bring their A game. Um, and it kept our production going. number one on the call sheet oftentimes more than not they set the tone for the entire film and one of the reasons why i agreed to do the movie is because jerry has such an outstanding reputation everyone says he's nice and he's and he was all of those things that i had heard about and you know not all movies are like that not all number one on the call sheet are like that um in fact, if you do encounter someone who's warm and gregarious when the camera turns off, consider yourself very lucky. And Jerry is one of those people. He wants you to do your best, and he also wants you to have fun, because you're not going to make anything good if you're not having fun. And I think that he gets that.
7: Jerry is, is, you know, first and foremost, he's an action star. He's done a lot more action movies than I have. And he's also 30 years of experience under his belt. So the instinct of being in such heightened scenes is that you always just want to go almost like you're hyperventilating, you know, being, being scared. But in reality, though, what I learned is that actual, in actual fact, people would want to stay as calm and collected as possible. And sometimes that stillness plays a very important role in that. And that's something, something I learned from Jerry. Um, and, 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 and yeah, and it's just, um, getting to see how he gets into his process of his characters when, you know, the scenes are at quite a heightened level. Um, it's been, it's been really thrilling to watch cause I've watched a lot of his movies and getting to see that process itself has it's been kind of a, a very surreal experience.
0: Now making this kind of film, you have to wrangle hundreds of people in these horrible conditions. And you have to have somebody at the helm that could really take control of the situation, which people respect. And that's the director. And coming up next, we're going to hear several actors talking about working with such a talented, organized director. First, we'll hear from Lily Krug, then Daniela Pinetta, and then Yosin Ann. And it's just fun to hear these people talk about working with such a director who really knows what he's doing.
4: Jean-François was our director, and he was very hands-on. So he knew exactly what he wanted every take and every motive to be. So he would like test it out with his phone and with his hands, and would come up to us and test different angles and see how... He could, for example, walk through it quickly or, like, have all these different ideas that I never saw before in filmmaking where it was very much not a static camera but a moving camera. It would shift from perspective to perspective. It would run around. It would turn to really show the chaos we were in and that we were feeling. And I loved that approach. Like, he had very original ideas and really helped us to just completely trust him in the process. And I think that turned out really well.
5: Jean-Francois
4: Richet, whose
5: films I had seen, um, I knew that this was going to be very special. One, because he's French. And like, let's be honest, the French are some of the best filmmakers alive. They want things to look beautiful and look good. Yes, it's about the action and portraying that part of it, but how do we do it in the most cinematic and the most beautiful way? Like their use of like, even the, the dust when we shot on the tarmac and there's all that dust and there's like all these shots of like the mercenaries coming off the plane, and it, like, it looks grand and incredible, and he was just so good at capturing that. He, you would look at something, and you'd be like, I don't really get it. And then he would figure something out, and you'd look at the monitor, and you'd be like, oh, this guy's a genius. Like, Clearly, he knows what he's doing.
7: Jean-Francois Rocher is the director of the plane. Uh, he's just <laughs> so fun to work with, because the energy he brings to every scene, the excitement that he brings, you feel it you can feel this man's passion, and because you feel his passion, you reciprocate within into each scene. And it's just, we build upon one another, um, and everyone can feel that. He's just, he really is just like a little kid having the time of his life, you know? And, and that's a compliment um, because there's no ego about him. He just wants to make the best film possible, and we all feel that. So it trickles down. We all just want to make the best film possible. And we're very lucky to be working with Jean-Francois.
0: Now, I think we all can agree. We all grew up going to theater, watching a movie, watching a spectacle. And obviously, these last couple of years have been very tough. But these guys that talk next, they talk about the spectacle, about sharing it, going to the theater, putting that popcorn in your lap. And we all know, though, some people you know, can't go out right now. That's totally normal. But we gotta something, you know. If you're able to, we gotta do our best to support these theaters because they've been there for us our whole lives. One day, if we you know rely just on streaming, which I love, I'm not gonna lie to you, I've watched a lot on streaming. But every once in a while, we gotta think back, just pull back a little bit, and say, "Man, I could I could see this in the theater. Why not?" But I digress. So up next, we're gonna hear from Evan Dane Taylor. Tony Goldwyn, Daniela Pinetta, and then finally we'll hear from the director. Just talking about this, that, that moment of being in the theater watching a film.
8: Watching that film in, in a theater is only way to really watch it because there's just hearing other people go, ooh, at the same time as you say, oh. It is It's so enjoyable, and it was definitely designed that way to just have fun with you know friends and family to watch this, because it's, maybe not the little ones, but, <laughs> but it is definitely designed for that. I just hope they have a good time, of course, definitely watching, because I had a great time watching it. Um, but I really hope they just get the, just because, like, just Jerry's character, just watching him, that, it, just watching him, it just makes you feel, for, it makes those feelings come out again, oh. <laughs> You're like, yes. You would do anything for your family, even if you're down and out in your luck, your job or whatever, but you'll still push through for your family. I feel like family's like the main thing. I, I would want people to get from it. What would you do to, you know, get back home to even see your family, so. So many movies
1: that we watch now, we, you know, people watch at home, but this is a film that you want to see with other people. It's a big, kind of thrilling entertainment, and there's lots of surprises and twists and turns, and there's just nothing to replace that communal experience of, um... the sensory experience of watching it on a big screen, and the communal experience of sharing this with, um... you know, X hundred other people. Uh, It's just with with a, you know, tub of popcorn in your lap.
5: I'm of the personal belief that every film should be seen in a theater. I mean, that's like why we make movies. We're meant to be in a theater sharing an experience, a vulnerable experience with total strangers looking at something. And this movie in particular, because it is like a 90s throwback feeling action film... It takes you back to the nineties when we used to go to theaters. And that was how we spent our Friday and Saturday nights. And like, that's what we did. That's what I grew up doing. And this is that kind of movie. Like, this is why you go to the theater to see, to be with strangers in a dark room and all you're all on a plane. That's going down. And it's, totally like adrenaline rush and it's fun. And this is like, it's just like the best experience. I mean, it's like why I went into this business at all. So get off your streaming and go see it in theaters.
6: The theater is better than a TV. You know, it's a a real experience for the sound, for the, you know, it's large. And for the experience, I think uh, we don't have like, and I think it's, like, it's a, it, I will not say it's a prototype, this movie, but I cannot remember to see a movie like that. Usually, I will say a plain movie, because it's not a plain movie, but the, I will say the, the most important part is the, the crash, the storm but on 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 our movie, this is the beginning, you know so when for example you, you we saw the the all the storm stuff all, all the storm uh scenes it's like ending, you know, but no, you will have one more hour after that, and you will see what's happened for characters because most important when I say this characters um so yes, I start the movie, I will say, when the other finish the movie.
0: And that's just a gentle reminder, if you're able, if you're healthy enough, go see a movie in a the theater, because that's where the real magic happens. I know for one, I have so many memories growing up. I remember my dad taking me to the theater, my brother and myself, he just said, pick whatever movie you want, no matter what age we were at. He just said, whatever you want to see you see. And the memories that I have of that are just priceless. Not that sitting at home watching one on streaming isn't the same thing, I guess, for some people. and I'm not here to judge. I'm just here to suggest just, if we can, get back out there and just start seeing stuff in the theater before someday maybe we can't. Well, I hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Plane. Now, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve the show, let me know. Cinemajudge at Hotmail.com or on Instagram, TikTok, and a whole other, lot of other you know platforms. Because I can't grow if I don't know. Let me know what I can do differently, to do more or less, whatever it is. Any constructive feedback is always welcome. And like I said earlier, if you want to watch this or any other TV show, or a podcast, it's always going to be a TV version of it. Well, most of them. You can watch it anytime you want, on demand. Go to bit.ly backwards slash judge and there should be a whole slew of shows on demand, and you could enjoy. And just one side note, when it's that TV show, you don't see or hear me at all. It's strictly interviews, scenes, on-the-set footage, world premiere stuff. I'm not there to interrupt you whatsoever. I just do it here because you can't see who's talking. So I just, I'm the guide and I just guide it along. But now, like you guys know, this is one of my favorite parts of the show. It's shout out time. So for all of you around the world, I hope my voice finds you well, whether you're driving to work, sitting at home on the treadmill. Cause I had somebody, I talked to somebody recently and on Instagram, They listened to the show, and they are like on their treadmill, or they suggested doing it on a treadmill. So to you out there, I tip my cap to you. Thanks for your feedback. You have no idea how much that meant to me that you responded to my, my post. And I truly thank you. And some of you, you might be listening the day after this drops, two weeks or two years from now. So wherever, whenever, or whatever you're doing, this is for you. To all of you who listened to last week's episode, From the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, New Zealand, and Singapore. It's so wonderful. And all of you from Canada, United Kingdom, New Zealand, and Singapore. All you guys who listened and shared it with your people, or friends, or family. I'm truly grateful. Minneapolis, Minnesota. St. Paul, Minnesota. Winnipeg, Manitoba. Again, a couple of listens from there. Thanks for listening and sharing. Los Angeles, California. Stockton, California. Birmingham, Birmingham, Montreal, Quebec, Washington, District of Columbia, Littleton, Colorado. Is it Nano, mono? British Columbia? Well, thank you, British Columbia, for very, very much. Auckland, Morrisville, Pennsylvania, Kenosha, Wisconsin, Burnsville, Minnesota, Charleston, West Virginia, South Hadley, Mass., and Farmington, Minnesota, just to name a few of you guys. So every solitary one of you. You took time out of your life to listen to this show. I'm incredibly grateful, and it means the world to me. Because you might not realize this, but whenever I see a city, state, country show up, I do a little private boogie-woogie in my chair. And I know, it sounds sad, but it's true. I go, yes, somebody took time to listen. So don't think for one iota of a second that I don't look at that and go, thank you, thank you, thank you. Because here I am, sitting in my basement, middle of the night, just talking to myself, but obviously talking to you, but knowing, wow, wherever you are, you're listening to it. When I always try to think, what are you doing? Here we are sharing a movie and just learning about it from all the actors and players involved. I don't take that for granted one bit, but now it's the Bourbon Shoutout. This week, we have Zach, Brandon, Bunny, and Liz. Every one of you, taking time to let me ramble about my show and for you to listen to it. Thank you so very much. Cheers. And like I've said a million times before, first and foremost, this is always a TV show first. And I turn that TV show into this podcast. So when I'm doing a TV version, I don't have to worry about any of this, any noise, anything. I am just cranking tunes and just jamming as I'm editing. Because when I'm editing, I don't usually do it in a linear fashion. I'm looking at listening to the interviews, watching them. This will go here, I'll switch this back and forth. I'm all over the place. And just help the music just helps me focus. So when I was thinking about doing this show, I'm thinking, okay, this Jared Butler action movie, kind of just a nuts and bolts, just rough, raw type movie. And I thought, well, I need a little Rolling Stones. So I threw on a ton of their albums, or not a ton, I shouldn't say. I just I picked and choose what I did, and I also have a, a list that I created on my phone with all the songs that I just absolutely love. So I plowed through that, and then I threw on some Zeppelin. Because I'm like, I haven't listened to some great Zeppelin in a long time. So I threw on several of their albums, whether it be In Through the Outdoor, Houses of the Holy, Led Zeppelin Two, and so on. I was just, I was kind of like jumping around all over the place. Every once so in a while, I plowed through just a solid album. But I just felt that was perfect for this. So when you listen to this podcast, I was making a TV version, you might wonder, what was I doing? What was I thinking? What kind of mind frame was I in? That's what I was doing. And (laughs) sometimes it takes me a lot longer than it should because I get in the middle of a song and I start doing air drums, air guitar. You know, I'm sitting here in my chair just jamming. But that's what just makes this whole experience so much more fun. It's just movies and music. Two things that I I just helped me growing up, that it just hand in hand, those are just my happy place. So that's what I was listening to when I was making the TV version, which becomes this the podcast. And just one other thing I don't do this every episode, but I figured why not? Because I watch so much stuff in my free time. I have one guilty pleasure and just two other really cool shows that I watched in the last week or so. <laughs> my guilty pleasure. Is under the vines. It's on Prime Video, but it's only gonna be out there for a few more days. I got sucked into it because you know, when you're flipping through the channels or flipping through the thing, leaving in this many days, and I you know looked at it, I go, ah, it looks like a fun sappy show, but it you know takes place in New Zealand, and there's some beautiful you know shots of all that stuff. But in short, it's these two people. This this guy dies and leaves them both ownership to this winery in New Zealand and it's just one of those simple shows that you, you sometimes you go oh I can't believe I'm watching this but I, I enjoyed the heck out of it but so the first season is on prime now and it's going to be off soon but then the second season is going to be on like acorn very shortly here so if you want something just to watch something simple and just you know some pretty scenery under the vines the two other shows that are just really stellar not that that wasn't stellar in its own little way. Watch Rogue Heroes. It's on MGM, which used to be Epics. So if you had Epics, look for MGM. That's where that airs. It is a wonderful, wonderful show, and it got updated to another season. It's a true story of how the SAS started back in World War II. It is great. It's a great show. It's from the maker of Peaky Blinders. Give it a shot. And I also watch Echo 3 on Apple TV Plus. It was about a story about this woman gets kidnapped, and the husband and her brother are trying to go there and rescue her from the prison camp. A lot's going on in this show, but it's really good. It's beautifully shot, too. Echo 3, give that a shot. Also, Rogue Heroes. You won't regret that at all. Well, that is it. My glass awaits. I'm thirsty. So cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge.